Live from Cool Boys Central. Hold your dicks and rub your tits. You'll be ice cold. Here come the cool boys. Just a young boy. So cool. So cool. So cool. I see cool boys. Happy birthday to to you. Happy birthday. So you're really slow. Happy birthday to Ballard. You. Happy birthday to you. Wait, I was way off there. I couldn't hear uh, you. Public domain, bitches. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Fair use. Skip around the room. Skip around the room. We won't shut up till you skip around the room. What is this? Is that a that's, Jewish that's thing? A, that's a famous Nazi Germany birthday song. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, that's where it I don't know. Well, is it, it really? No. We sang it at my no Jewish idea. day camp. <laughs> it came from my Jewish day camp, so. Uh, and I thought it was Jewish. It well, you know pretty... those Jews always culturally appropriating the Nazis. <laughs> well, it was their it... way of, you know, getting back at them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll take, we'll take that skip shirt. around the room and turn it into a birthday instead of a death march. Greetings, Cool Boys Nation, and welcome to another installment of the Cool Boys Podcast. I'm Felk. I'm Ballard. And I am Steve. Woo! That's <laughs> right, Cool Boy Nation. Steve is back. You wanted him. And you got him. <laughs> we have so many emails. Like the oh, the R-rated remakes episode was so good. Go back and listen to it, Cool Boy Nation, if you want to hear more Steve after this episode. And Andy. And Andy. And Andy uh, make his promise about uh, sending a dong. Broken promise. Yeah, I got Not two cool. Facebook friends from that uh, show. Did you Dude. really? Really? Who were they? Um... Uh, one was a Russian uh, porn star. What? You know, like one of those things that they friend you and then they defriend you. I'm assuming it was because of Cool Boys. Uh, well, wow. spam is about at least 20% <laughs> of our audience currently. I'm assuming that I got those two friends right after Cool Boys because of uh, that podcast. <laughs> Did you get a notification, Ballard? Chris, Kristen Leonardi disliked us on SoundCloud. I'm sure that's a real name. Oh, I'm sure that is. Abigail Ratchford keeps sending us uh, newsletters, real. too, apparently. yeah, She's fucking real. She's real, but those newsletters aren't. You know that's because I emailed her, right? Yes, yes, yes. I emailed, yes. hey, would you be interested in coming on the Cool Boys podcast? Here's our contact information. We just got spammed. That's about right. all that happened. That's right. All right, guys. Well, what are you guys drinking tonight? Steve, why don't you go first? A tall glass of water. Oh, awesome. That's nice. Like, you Hydrating. fucking drunk. There was like I forget where it was. I feel like it was UC Davis or something. But there was like uh, some pledge that died, or some like maybe or even like um, uh, at a fraternity or some like or somebody rushing that week who died. They drank like too much water, yeah, and they like and they poisoned themselves by drinking too much water. And apparently, we all learned at that point that you know what, drinking too much anything, regardless if it's alcohol or milk or water, can kill you. It's just too much liquid in general in your body poisons your body. Yeah, I don't think you could do that with milk. 
per se. You would no, it is. Up. Milk's the other one that ha- there was like uh, uh, there was like major issues with, and I think I don't know if someone died with milk, but I know someone got like seriously sick with milk. You know, it's it's not. A, it has nothing. To, it's it's basically uh, overhydration where it just fucks up the the salt content in your body and thus your brain and your organs. Yeah, your well, it's your but it's specifically your brain that that, that dies first because oh, it doesn't shit. have enough saline because you're pissing so much that you basically have like not enough salt in your body anymore. I see. I just assumed it was um. You just got really soggy inside, like a wet sponge or a graham cracker. Yeah, a lot of people assume that your stomach breaks and the water gets into you, but that's not that. Your your stomach won't break from volume of water. No, see, I didn't think it broke. I just figured everything just started like becoming a sponge. So, Steve, I guess the I guess the importance here, Steve, is don't drink too much water. Yeah, it's basically the opposite of what happens when you drink salt water. Don't do it. Thank you. Thank you. So make sure that the water you're drinking is not salt water. I'm pretty don't. sure it's not, and I'm not drinking a lot of it, so don't worry, guys. Well, I'm Play drinking the safe. opposite of water. I'm drinking Fireball whiskey. Again, you yeah. liking those Fireballs? I like it. It's a, it's a, it's a whiskey you can sip just on its own. Well, guys. Felk, that's interesting. So you had a Fireball for the Dunkirk spoiler cast, but this episode, being Game of Thrones related, the Fireball is very much in flavor with Wildfire and Dragonfire. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, fire is a big, big theme in Game of Thrones, uh, as is being drunk all the time, so. Well, I'm drinking uh, Cool Boy Nation. Now, see, a special cool boy named Andy provided me with a beer to drink on air, and that beer is a Brother Thelonious Belgian-style Abbey Ale. Just to be clear, it's corked. This is uh, fancy as fuck, I guess. Is it like uh, barrel-aged or something? I don't know. Andy, that's a good beer, man. Mm, I like that beer. Great, great, baby. All right. Well, this episode, <laughs> we will be discussing HBO's Game of Thrones. And this episode, a game of cool boys. Although, for book fans, you can think of it as a song of cool and boy. Oh! No, way. no way. No, it should be a song of boy and cool. Because boys are hot. And cool is cold. So fucking hot. (laughs) So, gents, what have you been up to? Well, Steve, why don't you take the uh, honor of going first, since you are our special guest? Well, um, I was just watching Rick and Morty last uh, Sunday, and after and after the end of the episode, the they have this thing that uh, Adult Swim does where it does this little bumper where it's just a little text. And it, it did this text where it was basically like uh, in memorandum or in memorandum for uh, Game of Thrones writing. And it said like 2011 to 2016 and then slowly faded away. Wait, and was it like, was, so it wasn't in the Rick and Morty episode? It was an Adult Swim bumper? No. Yeah, it was a bumper that was at oh. the end of the episode. And then afterwards, all these people thought that Rick and Morty the the writers of the show like had some sort of involvement on that and so oh, there was all didn't. this like yeah th- there was all this stuff going on where there was like Rick and Morty they totally rip on Game of Thrones and blah 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 the writing of Game of Thrones is last year and all this stuff and then they had to go out on Twitter and uh, say like no we love Game of Thrones we we didn't do that that was just some dumb intern in, at uh, in Atlanta yeah. in William Street you know we have no relation to that and uh, it's you know, lame that they picked it right after our show, but uh, just was kind of funny. 
I didn't know that. I thought it was actually part of the Rick and Morty thing. I haven't watched the new episodes of Rick and Morty. And I'm going to go ahead and throw this out here. I think Rick and Morty is one of the most overrated shows I've, I've seen in a long time. Um, oh, really? I, Whoa! I, I think uh, Dan Harmon has his head up his ass so goddamn far. Whoa! And I know he's not super, he's not the only voice in there. It's that the other guy who does all the voices is a big creator. But uh, it's it, it, Dan Harmon did Community, and I thought Community was always getting so much love. And I was like, why, does, why do people fucking love this show? It's obvious. It's it's uh, arrogant. And I think kind of the same thing about Rick and Morty. It's like, it's, it's, uh, a f- it's, it started as what, like a little short that was making fun of Back to the Future, and then it somehow uh, continued that into, uh, you know, yeah, every episode is referencing other things. All right, so Felk, so just a little back uh, background on Steve and I's uh, uh, friendship, relationship. Um, Steve you guys has been fucked? trying to get me to watch Rick and Morty pretty much since the episode one was released. He oh, was like, this is great, watch the show. And then I've always been like, isn't this show some kind of like Back to the Future, like alternate universe variation on that or something? Like some kind of like, it's a joke parody of this. And Steve's always been like, no, no, it isn't. That's all it is. No, it isn't. And right now, Felk just said it too. So I'm just going to say, Steve, I think it is. It is. Well, it's it's not, uh, it's just on the play of a scientist that's a mad scientist. Who and, and a, looks and a like young Doc boy. Brown. Well, they're they're related in this show, so it's a oh, grandfather. Yeah, I have not. So wait, so for Cool Boys Nation, I I have not seen a single episode of Rick and Morty. I I do want to. Um, I, it seems funny from what I've heard. It's it's a very good. It has I mean, it is very well done. It's really good writing, and uh, for science fiction, it does a really good job of turning those sci-fi tropes kind of like on their head, and uh, just having fun with it. That's generally what I've have found has a lot of stuff where with, uh, you know what the thing that got me was that basically <clears throat> I think it was like the second or third episode of the series. They go out there. Uh, they do some sort of experiment that ruins the world. It basically co- co- turns every single person in the, in their world into a monster so much that they have to leave that world and find, and they have like a, a ability to f- go into other dimensions basically. And so he goes into another dimension it's really similar to their world. They go there, they kill the Rick and Morty of their world. They're already dead. They don't kill them. No, no, they kill them. They come and they just they they come to a universe where they had just died. Uh, no, they kill them. It's that they they come in and crash and and kill them. I heard they they killed them. Yeah, maybe they kill them. Okay, well that's they do. Yeah, but I haven't seen it. But I heard they kill them and and they do kill them (laughs) and then they bury them and then you know. They take over that world. It's just like uh, it, that for just a, and then they barely bring it up, you know. And they bring it up again, and, and he's like a big issue with dealing with, uh, you know, basically how how do you deal with anything if there's just alternate worlds and all this other stuff. But it's a really well done show to me, and I just think that's that's pretty dark for a uh, you know midnight comedy show yeah so if uh, you want if you liked futurama but wish it was nihilistic and all the characters were horrible and unlikable you'll love her good morty (laughs) i think that doesn't sound so bad to be honest because i i I feel like futurama a lot of characters are nihilistic and Uh, horrible not not like rick and morty rick and morty is unpleasant in in my opinion the the chris pernell character uh is i think like like that's just so fucking sad and pathetic oh i love chris parnell yeah well his character is really sad and it's just the show's the show's dark 
uh, too dark for a comedy and too uh, cerebral. I, I, I've watched every episode up to the new season. I probably will watch this season as well because it has uh, hidden little gems in there. But uh, this season's been really good. Yeah, the you know it's it, the, to me it's having fun, but it's dark. I hear this uh, uh, episode that just happened. Pickle Rick is supposed to be like that. Like was two episodes, amazing. Yeah, everybody loves it, it's Rick. it's pretty one. silly, you know. But it's one of those things where they they kind of like for the writers they kind of wrote themselves into a hole in that episode, and it was fun to see how they got them, get themselves out of it. And so it, it is to me, it's like really well done writing, and they like in that episode the the Rick turns himself into an inanimate object. And then he he basically through his uh, you know ingenuity creates uh, like mechanical arms and creates like an army and like is turns himself into this like badass pickle that you know has all this mechanical stuff and he's using like rat brains to to do it and all this other stuff and then is able to get himself out of it blah 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 but uh, it, it to me it's pretty funny it's it's good stuff sounds wild uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Felk. Well, how about you? What have anything cool? Do anything cool? Yeah, anything cool? I had a pretty exciting and uh, eventful, fun, drunken Saturday. Actually, uh, first thing I did was I saw a little movie in theaters. Now you probably haven't heard of it. It's obscure. It's about a robot, sort of, in time what? travel. Something they talk about on Rick and Morty a lot. But it was in theaters. What movie came out with a robot in time travel? Recently? A movie called Terminator Two. Judgment Day oh, in 3D. 3 in Dizzle. Now, it's called Terminator 2, so I'm assuming that there was a, an original Terminator. I don't know anything about that. No, but there isn't actually, Felk, there isn't a original Terminator. There is a The Terminator. Yeah, but it wasn't released in America. It was Australia only, so they dropped no, the Terminator it was 2 not on Judgment <laughs> Day. False information, everybody. No, it's the greatest movie Fake of all news. time. T2, T2 is the best made motion picture of all time. And uh, I got to see it in theaters with an audience in the afternoon at a theater that lets you get drunk in 3D. And of course, the 3D is for some people, fuck it. You know, they just want to see it in theaters. For me, I, I didn't know what to think about it. The 3D is amazing. It, it is the wow. best 3D experience I've ever had in a movie, save maybe wait, wait, uh, Avatar. Okay, so... Which may or may not be related to Terminator 2. I don't know. I may, you don't know. I don't um, have Lightstorm logos. I Avatar doesn't have a Lightstorm logo, does it? No, neither does T2. <laughs> oh, you know what it does have, though? The Corolco fucking logo in 3D. That was so weird to see on a movie oh, screen. Oh, that would be cool. If the um, I think lasers. the only, wait, only one movie has Lightstorm, and that's True Lies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? No, I was just fucking. I was just talking with you. Um, I was, there was false information coming there. The, I got. It, I got you. Anyways, but, well, um, <laughs> um, I, 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 so you say the the uh, so the, the post conversion really well is good on the three D. You know, if you didn't know it was a post conversion, I would never be able to tell any difference between that and movies shot in three D. Like I saw amazing. So there was there was like shading of dimensions essentially. Everything was so well done. Even the faces were just like perfectly 3d i thought the 3d was excellent and well, right the t1000 the would be incredible in 3d <laughs> the t1000 how did the cg look what? did things look a little how was the cg at, well, did it hold up um the c yeah because the, the cg was always not pushing the limits of what they were trying to achieve it was just liquid they were i thought they were pushing that was i just uh, they article. were building 
they were building they brand new code. No, no, I'm talking about yeah. like pushing the limits of what you can achieve, like the Scorpion King in the Mummy, uh, the two, the Scorpion mm. King, like where. Oh, like, I, well, I we don't disagree. have the technology to do this, but let's do it anyways. They, no, I don't think so. I feel like Cameron was pushing the technology to the point where he yeah, didn't no, 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 have he technology pushing... and it was writing software, but he just works people and they work well with him. And I that's think probably what, what happened I mean. with Scorpion King I mean. is they were like, "I'm doing the Scorpion King, and this looks like shit." That's I not don't what I care. Mean. What I mean is that he, he, so he knew that they could do reflective liquid, and that's how they used it in the movie. It well, yeah, because like, he'd done the abyss. Yeah, exactly. So that that's yeah. why the in the the CG in the abyss, I think, holds up pretty much perfectly too. The water in the abyss is 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 like is is just like flawless CGI water still. I mean, like it's just the, even the waves at the very end yeah. um, have this weird feel of like like almost weird projection, but not really. It's it's really good. No, that's for eighty nine, and it was eighty nine, wasn't it? The, the, the that that's well, I don't know. Uh, the waves might have been CGI. I'm not sure. The, the, the giant waves at the end of the special edition are CGI, but they they're precomposited from real waves, and then they just kind of built right, upon well, them and grew them. <laughs> Back but to T two, but T two, T two. So um, I've seen a lot of things in three D, right? I mean, I've seen Spider Man swinging around in three D. I've seen Gravity in three D. I've seen all kinds of things. I like three D. What about Coraline? Coraline. That was one of my favorites. I haven't seen it in three D. Yeah. I've only seen it in two D. But the okay. greatest thing I've ever seen in 3D, I'm not fucking kidding, is a shirtless, I guess he was 30, he was 40 maybe, year old Arnold Schwarzenegger walking into that bar. Guitars and Cadillacs. What? Uh, he is, no, you, you need you need to see 3D shirtless Arnold to really Sounds appreciate like walking, ar- walking around on a big screen. It, I, I, I had, I saw my friend Corey and I, I had to say like, I don't, my brain does not know how to process this because uh, his, his pecs are just like, they come at you in 3d when they're on the, the big movie screen. Uh, <laughs> Did it, the, were, were the, the points like uh, right there in your eyes? Did you the have nips? to guard? The nips, the nips aren't really yeah. prominent. The nips, cause the pec is so pushed out that it all just kind of fades yeah, into Steve, it. Steve, obviously you don't know what Arnold's tit looks like. <laughs> his yeah. nip is actually kind of underneath his boob for the most part. He's got yeah. gorgeous pecs. It's kind of melded into it. It's, it's, it, he basically yeah, looks I like don't he remember. is, he is super, I mean, he is supernaturally chiseled in that movie. Yeah. And he's carved. Like, yeah. So the 3D works the entire time uh, for, for almost everything. Uh, every action sequence is improved for it, considering he yeah, had no idea. Yeah, but what about the T-1000? That- the T-1000 doesn't, isn't that much uh, that much different in 3D? I mean, it's just... That it's shit's just like moving definite. all weird. I uh, thought that would have been really good in CGI Some of it's cool. 3D. Yeah, some of it's cool. There's definitely stuff that's not meant for 3D. There's that scene under the under the car uh, with uh, John Connor and, and Arnold, and uh, John keeps putting his like arm up to, to oh, adjust yeah. uh, adjust the, the the truck and it, it it's huge in 3d and it comes at you and that's like one of the scenes where I was like okay well this sheen does not work in 3d there's a few things right. that just don't work because obviously they weren't intended no they're mostly like the close-up stuff and and uh, uh all that and also another note I have two more notes um one is that uh they the the horrible stunt doubles the very ob- the greatest you know stunt of all time being a guy riding a motorcycle into the LA uh, river or wherever that is, uh, into the, yeah, the LA river. Yeah. LA river. That's what I thought. And, uh, and you can very clearly tell on the Blu-ray that that is not Arnold Schwarzenegger. And as a stunt double, that's a classic. They mapped, his, uh-huh. they mapped his face. They mapped, uh, Edward Furlong's no. face on a ton of as well. So they, they fixed that. 
What? Yeah. Is George was, Lucas in it? Oh, that's some bullshit. So mapping the faces on there for the stunt doubles, which they did for every time you could tell it's a stunt double, is the only major change I, I, I noticed. A couple of the sound designs seemed a little, a little bit different, but for the most part, that was that and the 3D were the only things uh, changed. So speaking on sound design, actually, so one of my teachers in college um, was uh, one of the sound mixers on that film. And um, she actually um, was telling us about how that was one of the first films, not necessarily the first film, but one of the first films to really push uh, 90 plus percent of the film to be done in post sound wise. And it sounded great. So. What that did, though, what James Cameron allowed himself was what you may have just hit upon right then, Felk, was um, the ability to modify sound however many, you know, 30 years down the road, 20 years down the road. He can change the sound. 40 years later down the road, he can change the sound again. He can make it 8.1 if he wants to make it 8.1 or 20.1 for Atmos. Whatever he wants to do, he can do that. He can modify the sound because he has only about 10% of production audio in that film. Um, on the 3D aspect of that, I'm really excited to see that in 3D. I do like 3D. Um, I would I would pose to you, Felk. How are you gonna see, do it in 3D? You gonna see it in theaters, or are you just gonna wait for the Blu-ray? No, I'll just buy the Blu-ray when it comes out. Yeah. Um, Don't you but, find uh, it a different though? I mean, it, it's different than watching it in the theater. It yeah, is. it is. But I have I I, I I I have a pretty nice setup at home. I enjoy it. I, I can I would I love theaters. Don't get me wrong. But if I have to watch a movie at home, I watch a movie at home. Like I will. It's fine. But um. Uh, for you folk, for 3D movies, I think you should see Finding Nemo in 3D. Um, that I I think Avatar was like probably my my number one 3D film, and maybe followed by Coraline um, when 3D came out, and then eventually saw the re-release of Finding Nemo in 3D. Okay, that's it's really good. That's so incredible 3D. That's 3D okay. that's in your face, like that's like you're swimming in the ocean. Okay, uh, I don't really it's have a the particles. Setup anymore. It's what it is. It is. It's the particles in the water yeah. We're on that does now. it. So um, be, only because you said T two is the best looking three D. I would love to see T two, and I want to see it. But I really think you should see Finding Nemo for that reason. If you want to see something that's just kind of fun in three D. Yeah, I'm not really a fan of the movie as a whole. Oh really? I love Finding Nemo. Kind of fell flat to me. Oh, I loved it. But yeah. I mean, I also was put in an aquarium when I was a child, and then my father like had to like travel like you know forever to get me. It's a crazy deal, but whatever. <laughs> Finding Nemo. Uh, the other th- one of the a couple of things I, I I never thought of before I saw it in in, in theaters. Finding is, Nemo uh, or Terminator Two. T two, not Finding Nemo. <laughs> okay, sorry, I just wasn't sure we're still in this Finding Nemo moment. En- Enrico, en- en- Enrique, he's like MS thirteen, right? Like he he's a criminal. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a yeah. bad dude. That's a, which so like that's, he that's who that. Linda Hamilton knows. What? Yeah, that, I I took it as he he's like a killer. People. Yeah, like I figured he was a full on like this guy was a guy that did bad shit. Everyone knows he did bad shit. That's how come she was able to hide out shit as, there. As far as yeah, exactly. As far as he knows, uh, uh, Uncle 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 Bob and and uh, you know Sarah Connor just killed a bunch of cops, and he's just like, well, Whatever. I'll give you some guns. Yeah. Oh, kind of he, he he probably looked at Uncle Bob and thought immediately Merc, you know, like he, he didn't think that was any like, you know, any association of it, or friend of anything. He's just probably okay. like, that's a Merc, whatever. <laughs> yeah, he's totally cool with it. Pr- pretty, pretty, pretty fucked up that they have a kid and everything like I, I, I always feel in James Cameron's films, there's a little bit of Cameron in there, like a, like like he his life. He somehow puts his life in there. I wouldn't be surprised if Cameron knows 
heads of like Latin kings or whatever and yeah. shit like that, you know, like gunrunners in Nicaragua. <laughs> yeah, like he was a he was a he was a semi truck driver during the fucking like, oh, yeah, 80s yeah, no. and he, 70s. He, he trafficked Who human was? beings in the back of the Cameron. James, James Cameron. Yeah. He wrote the Terminator pretty much at truck stops. Um, really? During I didn't know that. Yeah, he oh, wrote the Terminator. Uh, that's why. Uh, that's why uh, semi trucks are so prominent in those films. Yeah, but he, not knew, he, in, knew, he knew what he uh, could do with them and like the limitations. No, of it's an homage to that. He actually wrote the Terminator while like literally at truck stops and behind like uh, but, but billboards. Was, his, was that his first movie? Uh, it's his first film that he yeah. really had full say in. Piranha Two: The The Spawning. He did direct it, but he didn't have full say in that so film at all. He, he was and a truck the, driver. And, yeah, While doing that. Piranha 2. What? While doing Piranha 2 as a director, he was a truck driver. Yeah, but he also was working for, I think, Roger Corman and yeah. think, doing stuff like that. But um, but, but Piranha 2, he actually got kicked off the film. And he, and as far as he knows it, somebody would break in late at night and go and re-edit the film every night. And that they would edit it one way during the day. And then somebody would break in that night and re-edit the movie. And so... The final version that that was that was released, nobody knows really if it's yeah. the somebody who would break in and edit its version. That's not James Cameron. That's not James Cameron. Yeah, well, keep in, not James and Cameron. also millennials. Keep in mind, we're not talking about editing with like Adobe Premiere. It was movieolas, so basically the movie had to be done linearly. So like little chunks of it here and there edited by him. Yeah, really? retaping shit like like retaping whole reels and re yeah. and rebuilding uh, essentially the source. To get back and then to actually like cut it again properly the way he wanted to do it. So yeah, um, uh, and, uh, and and but, but that, that wasn't James Cameron doing it according to James Cameron. And so then eventually they released Piranha Two: The Spawning, and so it's some variation of a James Cameron movie and some variation of the producer's film. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the Terminator is the first film James Cameron considers his movie. Well, I highly recommend it in 3D. But uh, so after the movie, uh, I was seeing it with a friend and we snuck out. And a nearby movie theater in the same multiplex uh, had a uh, big screen experience for the fight, which I was told started at 6 p.m. I am talking about the Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather. Uh, yeah, I watched that. I saw yeah. that fight. Yeah. So, uh, you know, basically we tried to, to see it there, but it turned out it wasn't starting for another three hours. So we wandered from bar to bar and ended up paying... $40 a person to get into a damn bar, which is only 20 bars less than it would have cost to buy it and uh, watch the fight. But Ballard, please. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, so the fight's really just pretty much my update. Um, so I guess I'll just share it with you, Felk. Um, I, well, I, I didn't, Steve, I didn't did you really, watch the fight? You know, I didn't mind it. Um, I, I, I can understand I how not. somebody who... Steve, did you see it? No. Oh. I, um, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan. You're fighting in general? Of those sort of things, yeah. Of Irish people and black people fighting? Yeah, but you uh, love Game of Thrones, right? Of <laughs> You got me. You got a nail on its head, buddy. Yeah, uh, uh, zombies fighting dragons right. is pretty much like an Irish guy fighting a black guy. <laughs> it's yeah, exactly. It's a, well, it might be yeah, a little I, more I intense, I just never actually. got into, you know, watching people in, in real life beat each other up and, yeah. like, get that bloodlust or, like, whatever it is that you guys are like, woo. This oh, is yeah. so awesome. Blood this guy's so big. Everybody beat up this other guy. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. also really big. Mm -hmm. Everybody wanted Steve, to win. Steve, I'm like sweating right now after you saying all that. Like I'm getting I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, did he kill him? Did he? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, 
people wanted Conor McGregor to win because Floyd Mayweather may have beaten his wife. And that's, really? that's the reason. That's the reason people wanted Conor to win. Yeah, because he. Beat oh, I didn't his know wife. that. Wow. I didn't realize that was the reason. I, I never was. Heard uh, that. I was. I. I was. I was. You know, rooting for Conor, and I, apparently I didn't realize it, but I was rooting for Conor because I thought Floyd Mayweather beat his wife. No, I'm sure. I'm sure people had other reasons, <laughs> but that was that was the reason why uh, the population or the the viewer audience as a whole tipped towards Conor. I think you mean women. Maybe uh, someone yeah. at the bar did like yell out like wife beater when uh, <laughs> uh, Floyd came in and uh, everybody cheered Connor and everybody booed Floyd at a, at wow. a fucking packed bar with like 300 people in it and, and a, a crowd of like 50 people on the street blocking traffic outside the bar because you could see it on the, on the end. This is well, my perspective on this was um, I, I am a Conor McGregor fan. Um, I guess this is going to get like a little bit inside of Ballard, but um, deep, so deep inside. It's warm. Um, it's, it's warm. Um, oh, it's warm. So I, I used to work for maybe a, uh, uh, you know, for yeah. a, a fight organization, potentially, let's say, uh, as an editor. And a I would maybe travel one. on not, the road. Not an ultimate one. Not an ultimate one, I'm sure. Um, and I would travel on the road with this uh, organization and I would go to their shows and I would edit their shows and whatnot and so, so forth. Um, uh, one time I was in Sweden and it so happened to be Conor McGregor's first show. And um, while that week we were uh, uh, filming him and getting his uh, uh, punchings down in shadow boxing because we had no fighting footage of him, uh, we were the camera guy actually had to tell Conor to slow down. Because uh, we couldn't pick up his his, his punches on camera, um, so uh, uh, I remember seeing just his shadow boxing and cutting like a B roll of him and cutting him into the combo for his combo. With, that's just like the feature that airs before them, and when it's like you know an undercard like that, it's a bullshit little feature. It's nothing. It's just some voiceover and then like some B roll shots. So um, I ended up getting to sit octagon side and for his first fight. And so what was great is anytime they'll do a documentary about him, they show his first fight. You can look, go ahead and look next to Bruce Buffer. I'm sitting next to Bruce Buffer. So there you go, Cool Boy Nation. You can go ahead and find me at Connor's first fight, sitting next to Bruce Buffer the whole fight. No, um, after watching Connor knock out, uh, is I that forget. on YouTube? I doubt it. Um, if you uh, after watching, I'm, I, no, obviously it's on YouTube. Um, so after watching Connor knock out the guy, win, win the fight. I don't remember who he knocked out. Uh, I just remember it happened very fast. Um, I, I I was like, I have to go backstage and meet him. And I, I, I went backstage and he got dressed up real fast. I mean, there uh, maybe oh, a, I think maybe dick? one fight went through. So he had to go through medical, uh, do whatever interview he had to do real quick, go talk to whatever he wanted to talk to with his camp and his team. And then I bumped into him as he was kind of walking back out to the arena just to come watch the fights a little bit and just kind of look at the uh, Ericsson Globe um, in uh, Sweden. And uh, I bumped into him right then. I was like, I, you, you're going to be amazing. You're going to be so great. Uh, I, I, I am really impressed with you as a fighter. And I can't take a photo with you. And I take a photo with him. And, of course, my eyes are closed in the fucking photo. <laughs> so it's like this terrible fucking photo of me. He looks gr great, of course. Um, so anyways, that's my Connor story. So I, I like Connor. I'm a huge Connor fan. I have a, a, a couple other stories probably similar to that with other people I won't get into. I really wanted him to win the fight. Um, but at the same time, 50 and 0 
that is an that that's such a great feat. And I really wanted Floyd to have fifty and O just because fifty and O, and then retire on that. Oh, oh, and to retire on such a super fucking mega boxing fight. I don't know. I thought I thought I I was happy for the fight. I thought it was a good fight in the end too. Really? Um, I I understand it more from a strategic and traditional sense, I guess. So I enjoyed the fight. I enjoyed some of the undercards as well. But I can definitely see how if anybody expecting an MMA fight of any sort on a boxing card was expecting an MMA fight, they were definitely not going to ever get it, and they would definitely be disappointed. I thought it was uh, pretty pretty uneventful, uh, unfortunately. I, I just kind of thought it was uneventful. It, but ultimately, it reminded me why I don't watch boxing to begin with, because it's just got two guys punching each other. Um, yep. I watched Creed and I thought that was more exciting because, oh yeah, when you edit the fight and, and have characters, it's more interesting Add than some music. two guys. Yeah, it's some music. It's more interesting than two guys fighting. It was a really crowded bar and everybody was just kind of like getting worn out. It wasn't super exciting and it, it, it so ended with a whimper now with a bang. Just the Connor started getting tired. Uh, it went from them both feeling each other out to Connor looking really tired and really out of it and, uh, Oh no! I just dropped all. It did. I just dropped it all did. My, it I just did. Dropped all and then it ends with a technical uh, knockout, which means uh, that the fighter, uh, the ref, finally uh, his his check finally cleared, and he declared the winner uh, <laughs> as Floyd uh, Mayweather because, uh, you know, eh, it's over. Yeah. I like. You know what? what? Mean it's over. So- if if Connor's still standing and still wants to fight, let him fucking fight. Who are you, ref, to decide <laughs> exactly. when, when the fight ends? We paid money for this. Um, so, so if you watched at the end, so to, to touch upon that felt, the belief is for controversy is that, uh, they would, um, not necessarily like fix a fight, but it would be more like, Hey, at any moment when it seems like so-and-so is down and, and the other, and, and person a, that we like is going to can, can, it looks like they're on a, a good, like, you know, push to win, make sure per- person a wins and person B loses. Um, that's kind of like how the, the always those conspiracies go down uh, of how they feel that those they might that's the way they might fix a fight, and and the way that that applies to Floyd and Connor is Floyd got a good flurry going on Connor, Connor was standing and a ref can call a fight standing. It happens even in the UFC. Uh, it happens uh, in boxing um, all the time, but um, it's very it, it did feel shades of. As soon as we can give Floyd the moment, give Floyd the moment. So Connor kind of says something to the effect during his interview, post-fight interview, about uh, about um, that he was still standing. He was easily going to fight. Why the ref come and call it? I clearly wasn't down yet and all that stuff. And then he ends his interview, and then they go to Floyd. But it takes a bit to go to Floyd. And as they're getting to Floyd... Oh, no, no. Then they go to Floyd. And then when Floyd's done, Connor comes back over and talks to the mic a second for Floyd. But then it all wraps up. And as it all wraps up, if you watch, the the ref walks right up to Connor and starts getting right into Connor's face. Because the ref is clearly living in a world where there's potential guilt. And Connor's living in a world of, I don't understand why it was stopped so soon. So you have to almost then think, well, why is the ref living in this world of potential guilt? Unless he's guilty. Because yeah. the ref goes right into Connor's face and is like, this is why I stopped the fight. I stopped the fight because of this and this and this and this and this. And you're just like, it's all off mic. But you can just tell it's a little 
it's a little the ref's a little pissed off that he essentially got called out of stopping the fight too early and he seems like it's almost like don't say shit like that about me because the implication he shouldn't have called and it I, well, I don't think he should have called it I think the fight was called too soon I do agree with that I, I still enjoyed the fight I think Connor was going to lose that fight regardless that was the 10th round they only had two more rounds to go I don't think Connor was going to pull off something in the 11th or the 12th no he lost and I think, he, he would have lost either way but I think like, so the viewers would have gotten their money worth Maybe. I think the ref maybe just saved us about six minutes of fighting. That's about it. It was 10th round. So, yeah, I guess. But still. It was just the 11th round and the 12th round, which are three minutes each. I would have liked to have seen it, seen it uh, completion. It would have been nicer to see uh, Connor lose the fight by decision than rather than the ref stepping in and just going, it's over. I, 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 thought, I, I, didn't, I didn't like that. I, I, it was sad to see Connor lose that way, I guess, for me, too. Cool Boy Nation, before we move into this episode's show topic, we are going to try something new. And now for this episode's Would You Rather. Cool Boy Nation, would you rather fuck a butt in Westeros or fuck a butt in Essos? If that sounded like gibberish, then this episode's going to be difficult for you. Because those are the two main continents in the unnamed planet that I think may be a moon. We'll get into that later. From Game of Thrones. Essos is Ooh. on the east, and Westeros is to the left, or west, to the west. <laughs> yep, the west. <laughs> yep, uh, that's right. Oh, good. Fireball! The craziest girls are the Bravosi girls, the free, free city of Bravos, uh, which is in Essos. Uh, those are the ones who are fucking crazy, and the whores are apparently best. All the Dornish girls are apparently also crazy. Dorn is at the uh, southmost tip of West, uh, Westeros, so... I'm going to go Essos. Um, Essos is, has slavery, whereas Westeros does not. Hmm. So you might be fucking a slave if you're in Essos. I don't know how you feel about that, but I imagine they're pretty good at it. Is that Was that a positive or something? I don't I think I, it was a positive or felt like a butt slave or something. They would be better at it or more willing or something? Experiential positive, moral negative. <laughs> Experiential positive. They've dealt with it more. Well, okay. I, here's here's my thought process on this. I guess Game of Thrones world, right? Is mm-hmm. which I'm assuming is I I don't think of it as a, as a potential moon. I think of it more as a different part of the Westworld uh, parks. More on that later. But um, oh, damn it, you're gonna fuck this up, aren't you? No, good. no, no, no. Edit out. No, it's I'm part of the Blade Runner universe. No, I'm not gonna do any of that. I'm just fucking with you. Um, so, um, it's based on this, like Game of, the Game of Thrones in the same universe, based on the Middle based on Earth, the Game of Thrones Middle world, Earth. I would say that it's so dangerous, it's so scary, right? It's so anytime you're getting your throat slit or stabbed in the back, and I feel like if I'm butt fucking in Essos, I have a much better chance of being stabbed in the back or getting my throat slit. So I guess Westeros. How so? Westeros probably has a higher murder quotient than Essos. I mean, I don't know, but Essos seems to me to be more Wild Wild West. Essos is huge. Well, yeah, Essos is different, different, uh, a whole bunch of different countries too. Whereas Westeros is theoretically just one country united under yeah, the Iron. Yeah, I feel Throne. like Westeros has probably got a little bit more of like a streamlined system or something, and I felt like Essos is just like this Wild Wild West, like anything goes, and you could just get fucking just killed at any point. I'm gonna go with Essos. Essos is clearly the cool one. Essos also. No White Walkers. They don't really talk about that, but they're really they really aren't a problem for that because Westeros is the one that that uh, you know the the North reaches 
well, obviously you know that if you watch the show, but the North reaches the, uh, basically the like uh, Antarctica, basically, or uh, the North Pole, basically. So it's like the entire North Pole is frozen, and that's holy how shit. I want to ask a question about that later. Okay, go and ask it now. <laughs> no, no, no. It's more for the. It's more for the actual show topic. Well, I just want to see what's your answer. Yeah. Fuck button um, Westeros. Fuck button Essos. I'm gonna go with Westeros. Okay. Westeros, why? Um, it's a racist. Uh, I think there's going to be more white people there. Wow. So. <laughs> there definitely are. It. All the black people come from Essos. All right. Um, moving on. <laughs> that's, that's entirely racist. Cool Boy Nation, if there is a would you rather you would like us to discuss on a future podcast, please email us at thecoolboyspodcast at gmail.com. And now it is time for our show topic. Report preliminary findings. Not worried about her. We gotta keep him gagged. Cool Boy Nation, pop your cocks and drop your tops. It might be interesting and important for you to know. It's time for our Cool Boy Show topic. Hey, I like that. Spoilers. So cool. All right, folks. So this is a game of cool boys. This is going to be us doing our top five Game of Thrones episodes. Oh, my goodness. Nope. <laughs> <Do you> guys, <laughs> I hope you remember your actual top five numbers and names, okay? All right. So That's my first, my number five is The Bear oh and the God. Bastard. It's not an episode. <laughs> I don't know. Yet. The bear and the maiden fair is an episode. That's, nah, a, that's, that's it. No episode. That's the ninth. No, episode we're not. Okay. Three. So cool boys. We're not going to do a top five about this. This is going to be the a general discussion. The maiden fair is the one where Jamie gets his hand cut off. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the one after that, isn't it? Nope. Cause he gets his hand cut off at the very end of the episode. Yeah. It, and then it, it plays, it, it plays like a rock version of the bear, the bear, oh bear. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. The bear and the main fair. But it's in all the next episode is the one where Brienne actually fights a bear. Mm. That's, that's oh, else. that's right. Okay, yes. And that's when he jumps in the bear pit and saves her or whatever. Jamie does, yeah. So well, let's go ahead and, and, and start with the current state of Game of Thrones, where we are now. This, this is the only thing that will kind of date the episode. But we, right now, you know, we can't talk about what's going to happen or happen in season eight when, you know, I'm guessing dragons fight fucking zombies. Um, but season seven's where we're at. We, so we just watched the final uh, seventh episode. Was it six or seven? God damn it. Uh, it was episode eight. Seven. I thought it was seven. Definitely seven. Next Definitely season eight. six. Yeah. The seventh episode. Yeah. So seventh episode of season seven. Seven was a season seven was a bridge with only had seven episodes. It sucks. It doesn't uh, make sense why they had reduce it so much well it, it does uh when you when you consider the the production that it takes to make each one well, of those episodes because they're huge. if you also take into account the actual total running times time. of all the episodes um season seven is the exact running time length as any other previous all game of thrones that, season and yeah. season eight Doesn't, is only going to be short by a normal season by a half hour yeah, yeah it's yeah. still going to be truncated and feel somehow pacing rushed. will be different and storytelling is different. Oh God, that's not episodic. even fucking that, that's, that's such a big deal. So, so season, that, so I guess we can just talk about season I'm seven thinking. as a whole then rather than talking about the finale. Um, yeah. because, yeah, cause that makes more sense, I guess. Cause season seven, I I'm rewatching and I'm up to season three. I'm rewatching the whole thing so I can cancel uh, HBO until it comes back. Uh, and I just want to experience it all again. And holy fuck, like each season 
going from Westeros to King's Landing or, you know, uh, uh, east, east and west across Westeros, the basic journeys like going from King's Landing to the River Run takes the Hound and Arya nine episodes the whole, the whole season yeah whole episodes they, are about traveling from one place to another and that's what the book is about too, yeah is jamie and the, yeah jamie the, jamie and brienne are, are 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 traveling for like four episodes until they finally get caught by the guy who cut off jamie's hand oh guys um, guys guys before we move on any further just real quick we should probably at least establish for cool boy nation all of our understandings of game of thrones or a song of fire and ice so for me i am only an hbo show viewer i have never seen a page of a book i don't mm-hmm. read i don't like it i think it's elitist okay um but you guys uh have you guys read the book or books yeah uh yeah i've, I've read the books and listened to them on uh book on tape all of them uh yes and that basically takes you up to kind of season five. Season six is where it started going past the books. It, yeah. Well, I mean, I've said I've seen the show, too. Yeah. But the, uh, yeah, you know, where the books end, basically, no, I'm where, um, John gets stabbed by the Night's Watch and yeah. you think that he's dead. And then on top of that, there's a bunch of other things that like still there's a bunch of characters that are still alive in the books that have been all killed off since the uh uh grand sept or whatever yeah. it's called is no a lot of people are still alive in the, in the a books. ton like stannis is still alive yep you know his daughter so and wife like, are still alive they're both dead uh john's yeah, still dead he hasn't come uh, back to life what yeah I, I, like shireen was like one of the big like wow i can't believe they killed shireen when they uh stannis's daughter but um yeah i guess let's just talk about uh season seven well right now okay. at least yeah, season seven, people will go from one place to another in, in in the span of an episode. It's either they're teleporting because it actually doesn't seem like the even uh, the amount of time is passing that should be passing in, in a show. Like, uh, I have a theory I, on that. That they're teleporting, Ballard? No, 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 it's not. It's not actually uh, it's not it's not plot or narrative driven theory. It's um, more about production. So um, I think what's probably happening is. My understanding after um, John was stabbed to death at the season finale that um, the show uh, runners went and got essentially cliff notes of what uh, Martin is planning the show to do or, or the I'm sorry, the, uh, the planning the story to go in the novels. Mm-hmm. And I think they have very simple cliff notes, I think, because I think that's probably what Martin gave them, because I think he wants to give himself leeway. Anyways, George R. R. Martin. George R. R. Martin, correct. So I think um, they have these essentially these big scenes, these action points, right? These big action scenes, set pieces. They they know they have to get to these big character driven moments, these big you know plot reveals moments, and then the and then then all this middle ground shit. They don't they don't know what it is now to tie back into earlier seasons when it took them longer to travel from A to B. What you would have is one character traveling longer from A to B and another character maybe traveling along from A to B. But then you would have other storylines that were developing where characters weren't traveling. And I think what we have now currently with the show and the seasons is they don't have the luxury of being able to tell these other storylines happening on the side and the peripheral while other characters are traveling from A to B to allow these characters the time to travel because David they, Benioff they can and make it D.B. Up. Weiss or whatever, or White or whatever his name is, Weiss. They, uh, Weiss they don't actually have any clue what to fucking put there. 
they're not as creative they as George R.R. Martin. No. And they're just going condense all this shit down so we can get the show done they could hire I, fucking writers to, to piece in that stuff together i think, I think they could that, easily stretch uh, out another four seasons i think I, they're I, afraid I, of, of differentiating the show too far off of what george R. R. martin's final books will be i i, I tend to agree with you i think that they uh basically know where, how it's going to end and what big things are going to happen and they don't want to uh they basically have limited all the the supporting characters, the periphery characters, and now have are just like we're just going to focus on you know where the story is going to end and how it gets there, and a lot has to happen for them to do that. So they're they're doing all this like you know fast paced, like, okay, John needs to get to from Dragonstone back to wherever, and it, usually that would take three episodes. They'll just have it cut the next seed. They're there, you know, because that's what they have to do because they're just pushing forward the story because they decided, you know, we, we don't want to keep dragging it on. They didn't want it to be like one of these shows where it just kept dragging on and kind of what's going on in the books where he's created so many characters. different things and, and characters that are so evolved that you just it could just keep going and going and going. And, and they've decided, okay, we're just going to get rid of all this stuff and finish it up and kind of it's i guess it's kind of like fan service where they're just like we're gonna we're gonna do what what they want and we're gonna do it now you know and some people don't like it i feel like you know because it's happening so quickly and some of it's like you know kind of what you expect and i think they want more twists or something like that you know it's a, it's a mix you know uh, I'm, I'm 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 good for it to end at this point every episode is approaching movie level pacing and definitely they're, already past movie level effects so it's it's this season's was really well done, but it, it definitely is. You could see a difference between yeah. them following Huge. the books and then just basically finishing up. They're now just like finishing mm. up the the story and trying to get there as quickly as possible instead of taking their time, which is what I think George Martin does is that he takes his time and and looks left and right and and follows those stories and keeps going with them. Where I also heard it when George R. R. Martin one of the things in. that takes forever for him is that he fact-checks himself over and over again and has he's, someone he's, that does his lazy. own fact-checking for him to make sure, because he doesn't. He really doesn't want to... Like, if he says a character has a green eye and a blue eye, like, he wants to make sure that, that like, later when he writes their eyes, maybe, like, four books from then, that he knows, oh, that's right, I said green and blue eye. Or he writes green and brown, that somebody fact-checks yep, him. And I heard that there's a slow that process doesn't slow. That. How would that slow? I mean, he just writes it down and gives it to yeah, somebody. Yeah, Stephen King does that it. shit too and writes like seventeen <laughs> and, books a you know, day. They'll figure out. Oh wait, you know that. Per- I, I understand that process, but that shouldn't slow him. He's down. just fucking lazy. Uh, you know, I think it's the, the the books are so different in that. Do you think George R. R. Martin is simply waiting for the show to be over before he releases another book? So you just go, no, all right, he, they fucked up. I need to do a different way. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think because you look how how slow he wrote the previous ones. Like he started in the eighties, nineties. He, right? He's released like cha- no, a lot of chapters and, and excerpts. But I think that uh, you know he's it's coming out. I, I think that. Uh, it's probably going to come out before the next season comes out. You think so? <clears throat> the next book? Yeah. I, I think I think probably by the beginning of the next year or the end of this year, but, you know, who knows? It, well, next season is going to be the longest production they've ever had. It sounded like next season might not be airing until, like, 2020 or something. Yeah, like it's going to be the longest production. They are going to have the longest actual production 
that they've ever had on any other season uh, for the final season. Even I wish they the didn't do that. I wish just... they would just treat it as like now we've got seven movies to come out and Harry Potter that shit. And when we're done with six. one, release it. Six movies. Well, that's... Yeah, they're six. basically doing that. It sounds like they're 80 minutes or 85 minutes. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, no, they're um, five or 80 something minutes and one is 50 minutes. So they're releasing the longest is, episodes and the shortest episode to date. One, one of the things that's interesting about the show is that it, it basically starts off as this like political intrigue where in the periphery there's this crazy stuff going on, oh, and, yeah, yeah. you know, dragons. And then that just has taken it up every Oh yeah, asset of well, the, think of about the show. Where but what was season one's the very first yeah, scene? The very first scene was White Walkers. Yeah, it was the yeah. White Walkers. Oh, yeah, definitely, it's just interesting that uh, it's gotten to that point now where it's I love like, it now though. We're at the war, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's what makes it work. Like you know, just but think Hollywood. about that. Think about this, guys. Go back and rewatch the show. I'm, I can't wait to. By the way, I cannot wait to go back and rewatch season one, preparing for season uh, eight when it comes it's out. It's a but, totally different show. Oh, it is. But just wait, just wait and watch like. That first scene of- with White Walker attack on the White uh, the Night's Watch, right? Mm-hmm. And then your final scene are three dragons born, right? Like, but meanwhile the whole series, <laughs> that whole season is just engulfed in political intrigue and medieval time shit. You know? Yeah, yeah. people all just wrapped in themselves. Like, yeah. you still have, you know, and, and to this season you still have Cersei still, and slightly bigger dogs you know? and slightly bigger dogs. That's it too. A lot so more thought, nudity too. I forgot how oh, much yeah. they put tits in your face the first they two seasons. Really wanted they really finger bang it, a chick yeah, during exposition. You really like talking, saying finger bang. I love finger bang. They do finger anal bang. finger banging um, to that to that to that one whore in uh, King's Landing just to do some exposition. Yeah, Roz, Roz, and uh, the girl from Bravos. Yeah, they they've sucked their viewers in, so they don't need that anymore. Yeah, it's unfortunate. The, I still, I still miss it until um, they get Danny and John fucking. I mean, that's part of the reason why I love Spartacus, where it's just like porn. <laughs> they just put tits in every scene, regardless of anything. And dongs. Yeah, yeah, they put some dongs in there too. Uh, I forgot Theon shows his, his actually actual dick in the first like Alfie second episode. Allen. Yeah, Alfie Allen, Will, Lily Allen's brother. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, yeah, he's, he had a, he had a pretty good dick. It's too bad. Roz was amazing though. Yeah, Roz was very hot. She she has something wrong with her though, doesn't she? Yeah, that's what makes her hot. And you know who you she know what, just... what is a fucking pain to get through watching it back? Shay, mm. what a cunt. Yeah, I never liked Shay. Yeah, she complains in every fucking scene she's in. Why did Tyrion supposed to like her so much? And you know she's a she's a porn star. Oh really? That actress has done hardcore porn. Makes sense they'd hire a porn star for that role. Not really. I mean, yeah, yeah, it involved nudity, but like, there's plenty of actresses who do a lot of nudity who've never done porn, and she's a terrible like Shay. She's a terrible actress. She is one. Thought- of the, she is so far out of our league. It's really weird. And the 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 accent kind of hides some of it, but she's just she she is such a annoying character and hmm. a bad performance. Probably the single worst thing about Game of Thrones is Shay to me. All right, guys. Well, you know what? Um, we should probably go over like the seasons real quick. That since we are kind of touching upon them, just kind of like I, I don't need to know like your guys' rating for each and every single one of these seven seasons. But what do you guys have like a favorite season? Yeah, that question. Well, what was your favorite season? Um, I, I so it's tough because my favorite season is also the the hardest one to watch. But season three. Is just that is that is the Empire Strikes Back season basically. 
Hmm. That everything bad uh, happens more or less in that season, right? That's when Jamie loses his hand, Theon loses his dick. Uh, everybody has a, and, and then uh, you know Rob and Catelyn and everybody fucking dies at the Red Wedding. It, it, like every all the really bad things that would affect characters from that point on uh, happen in that that season, and it ends on a positive note with Danny because nothing really happens to her the entire season. That's bad. She's kind of has an upper momentum all season long, getting getting the Unsullied and, and, <clears> and, and freeing everybody. Uh, but. Uh, Everyone else just has a fucking bad time throughout it. And I think that's what I like about it. It's like it's so close Go. to everything being happy. And then it just takes Going it all back away. to uh, Rick and Morty, I thought you didn't like the super dark. Mm. Not from comedies. Not from comedies. Not from comedy shows. <laughs> Game of Thrones is not a comedy. It's a fucking uh, dark. To you, it's not a comedy. Well, yeah, yeah, maybe to some people, me, uh, but yeah, that's that, that, that's that's what makes Game of Thrones great is that it it, it what's it's going to be remembered is is the idea of telling probably four or five TV shows worth of interwoven plot lines and characters and having just such a massive massive character list so that it feels like you can kill off what you think's a major character every two or three episodes. I, <clears> I feel <throat> like they've drifted away from that this season, though. Well, they, well, cause they, yeah, they can't, they're, they're out of them. Well, but sorry, but, well, folk, you're talking about well, the third, third season, right? And so Steve, yeah. I want to know what your favorite season is though. What's your favorite season? You know, I think probably my favorite season would be the first season. Uh, that's yeah, what, that's a solid fucking season. Oh really? And, uh, it, you know, I, after I saw that, it made me, I had, I had never even heard of the series before. So I, uh, saw the series and then went out and got the book and read the book and then, I uh, kept reading the other ones until they came out with the next season, and it, it, it just hooked me. And, it is. Uh, yeah. I, I think I, it I, really was the, the the same thing that you're talking about, though, you know, where it, for me, developing the Starks and, and then having Ned, who's getting so close, getting oh, killed. Yeah. So you, and you then, read, had you read the book before or, or afterwards? No, uh, afterwards. So, so you, that was you, like you didn't that know what was going to happen to Ned? That was a total surprise Did not know. It was a complete surprise. Yeah. It, complete surprise know, to me as well. I got where it was just like, oh, shit. You know, like, what the fuck? Like, it was, it was mind-blowing to me to kill off a movie star in, you know, this TV show that uh, you thought was going to be, to me, the one that was going to become the king. No, it was Tony Soprano. Whatever. You know, it was totally, like, leading up to that. To me, that's where I was trying to go, at least because I hadn't read the books or anything. And, yeah, it just hooked me. And I thought the same thing. This could go anywhere. Like, if they're going to kill him off and they're going to kill the, you know, or handicap the Stark child and all this other stuff, it was just, like, it was just really well done. I thought it was, uh, it, it was awesome. It's it's a totally different show because I, I I had it pitched to me as like oh it's kind of like Rome but I think it's fantasy, maybe it's set in England. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, so, so I was like okay that's that's confusing, uh, and then there's like dragon eggs in the first episode and I'm like okay so there is fantasy but nothing, the fantastical elements are so fucking minimal for those first two seasons. It's all in the yeah it's just like they're it's just touched upon it's be, I, I you know the way that I interpret it was because the dragons. Brought, aren't born yeah, yet they, they bring the the magic and do the dragons they're, are aliens. They're making the white stronger and or whatnot is that what that's your theory they're they're aliens the, the dragons did not come from the planet that everyone else lives on the the game of well, thrones think, if you want to call it earth uh-huh they, they they definitely came to that from another uh from the second moon because that that's what the uh 
uh, one chick is talking to Khaleesi about <clears> in the first season. Like there was two moons and one cracked open and the dragon spilled out from it. Yeah, but that's just like a a myth. I well, would think that as just like yeah. a story. So are White Walkers. Yeah, so are White uh-huh. Walkers exactly. Because uh-huh. you uh-huh. you notice like that's the whole thing about Game of Thrones is that evolution did All not take stories. place on the planet. Evol- evolution did not take place on the planet of Game of Thrones. Uh, human beings were no 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 human beings were created by uh, the no they say it they out out say that human beings were created the first men the first men were created by the children of the forest. No, the the first men and and the children of the forest fought each other. They and, fought and each they, other. They, the, so the first but, men and turned they against. landed. The, the first, the children of the forest were like basically Native Americans, and the first men were like the Spaniards or whatever, coming from another land, the, a mysterious. No, they land, shared their probably land, probably Essos the or one of these other Valyrian places, and they they came and and conquered and they and they you know started industrializing the the forest they did all that but and then the children they were first but they weren't lived, uh, no i know I my history i'm pretty sure the, the 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 children of the forest made the first men but then first men uh turned against them and started taking over that the land that they considered theirs i d- i don't think they made each other i, well, I, I cool boy nation you you'll have to settle this let us okay. know cool boy nation so, so where did where did the first men come from because i don't know if you noticed no monkeys no apes, uh-huh. no chimps, no other primates, no well, shared, no shared human uh, relatives on the, on that planet. I don't think that uh, I, I I don't know, but I don't think that I, I that I think they've they actually have established that the first men or whatever came to that land and started fighting the children, and and they weren't created by them. So whoever created the first men, I think it was just like the way that the Game of Thrones is to me developed its thing is that they don't like any sort of culture that doesn't have you know science doesn't have this thing where they're like where did we come from they just accept that they're human beings and then they've developed these years of culture and some had magic because there's all that stuff with valyrian i think most of the people came from whatever valyria or this that land that sunk it might be you know the the volcanic lands or whatnot and they yeah, traveled yeah, yeah. they kept traveling south you know that's that's the way that i thought that he, he was depicting the this I, I definitely have interpreted it as that human beings just kind of suddenly appeared on the planet about 10,000 years ago i think that it's just like and that that for 2000 that, that sometime between that and and 8000 years before the events of the show human beings <laughs> turned against the children of the forest and the children of the forest created the the first white walkers to protect them. Yeah, at least in the books, I don't think they've established where who created the White Walkers. They right haven't. Now, yeah, no. they're, they're they're just like these this force, and I, and I think they're just supposed to be agent. And so the show is the one that's invented this thing that the uh, they're shown in the forest created the White Walkers as a weapon against the the, the first men or whatever. But yeah. I think the first men weren't created by the children of the forest. I think that they're were like conquerors is basically the way that they've described them as from another way. I, I guess I, I, st- I still like the idea like the that, Targaryens. Like all, that all the life on the planet was created by the, the children of the forest, more or less. It, it's sort they of say, using their magic. Cause they, there's like the story behind the Targaryens is that there are some sort of like Volantis or Valerian, you know, house that fled right before the, the, uh, their land sank or something like that. And one of them the may dragons. have fucked a dragon. That's kind of unclear how the dragon yeah. blood got into that that line. They just say. I think it's just like you know that's what they say is that yeah. they have dragon blood. You know because they have because they have some sort of relationship with these dragons, um, and that they were able to, re- you know, I one guess of them why fucked I mean, a dragon or one of them ate a dragon. 
Yeah, maybe. Or the whole thing with how Daenerys birthed them with her, like a uh, blood sacrifice or whatever. Yeah, is how they have that sort of uh, that I, connection. Yeah, that, that I, I think is, hmm. is right. The, 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 yeah. Oh, that's why. That, that that's what I took it as. I just took but it that she would like. There's a lot of interpretation. The, 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 the fire hot enough, and she can survive hot fire and. And the dragons just needed a hot fire to. Well, they're to, saying to that she has born. dragon's blood or whatever. That's yeah, it's it's fire. magical. Dragons are a magical species, uh, n- yeah. not necessarily bound by the other rules. That's why they my, they grow and shrink in, in in history. That they get smaller as kind of magic fades from the world. And that uh, Danny is kind of like the force unleashed, where there's been an awakening. Uh, that's why they oh. got smaller, and then Danny kind of awakened the magic in them. Ballard, what is your favorite season of Game of Thrones? Wait, didn't they get? Did they just talk about them getting smaller? Yeah, in the, in they, the, they put them in the dragon because they're um, they keep them in closed areas. Yeah, and you know if they're not let free. Did they mention that in season one too about how they, they got talked when, about it a few times? Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they got they're, they're huge they and they got the real small. Uh, yeah, like dog size. You've seen the ones in the dragon in the Cersei's, you know, when she's meeting in the secret areas with the giant, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. skeletons, yeah. and then they found the small little one. Yeah, it's just basically they were held captive. And, yeah, but also so, okay, I, some of that were, went over my head. Away. I didn't catch that when Danny said that. Um, so okay, so they they just trapped him in this coliseum or arena area, and then they just became smaller because of. That they li- they 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 become the size of their surroundings. Kind of, like I, it's not clear. Also, it, it may be that they are tied to magic in the world, and that the magic in the world is tied to there being a true dragon. So Danny's kind of awakened that, or maybe it wasn't Danny. Maybe it was Jon Snow. Oh shit, because we know that now. Uh, the idea that now there is a true dragon again, that the human being uh, who's who has the dragon blood, the presence that they, they they've come back to life, and magic has come back to life with them. Well, he because, he doesn't only have dragon blood though; he's got Stark blood. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's Stark Targaryen. It yeah the the books kind of a, try to say that the maybe the incest that the Targaryens were doing also caused like a weakness in their yeah. bloodline. So but it's good that they're that, it's like that, yeah, that, that John's fucking his aunt. Yeah. Yeah, really. Absolutely. And nobody seems to have a problem with it. And it's it's a really romantic scene. I had a problem well, with it. Well they had Tyrion was looking all weird when they showed that. He it's was, open like, to interpretation is the uh director's statement on that scene. The way the way Tyrion's looking, yeah, yeah like what that look meant, like why he was seems kind of pissed. Silly. I think Tyrion just wants a bang. Yeah, I yeah. think that uh, he's nervous. You know, anytime there's romance gets involved, that would be my guess. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. But uh, he probably also is it wants her too. I think everybody's attracted to her. Uh, okay, well, Ballard, what is your favorite season of Game of Thrones? Well, my favorite season. Glad you asked, Phil. Well, my favorite season is. Uh, I I I really like season one. I probably would have said season one if Steve didn't say season one. Um, but um, uh, my 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 tie for favorite is absolutely season four, with okay. season one. Uh, I love season four. Um, I liked how it, it began with uh, Ned Stark's uh, sword. I forget what the sword's name is. Ice. Ice mm-hmm. being broken. Into two, it turned into two different swords, and then one yeah, was that, given that to Jamie, which I think was eventually given to Brienne, right? Yeah, correct. And then, correct. And so I feel like that I, I, one like is I said, buried. I, one is buried with Joffrey. It's a waste. Yeah, one's buried with Joffrey. Yeah. Um, 
and for me, I I have I have to feel that there's some uh, uh, there's magic in these swords. Obviously, after having seen what Longclaw has done in the show, mm-hmm. and so looking back at that scene, I feel like there's something very important there that I don't maybe realize yet, and I will realize maybe as a book reader, you realize something else. But um, I feel like Brienne is holding on to a a sword that is probably a sword that could kill White Walkers. Is my guess. Yeah, I can. Yeah, it's the, Valerian steel. They established that even though they reforged it into two swords, it can it's still Valerian steel, and Valerian steel can kill White Walkers. The right, okay. The, the show th- has this whole thing with like Valerian is like this ancient tribe of humans that knew how to use magic, and mm-hmm. they you know created the steel, and they also did other things. They built stuff that no one else knew how to do. No one. They may have cracked open to. the moon that led to the earth, the dragons coming to Earth too. Cray cray, man. That's fucking cray cray. All this, uh, it, what, that's what's so fun about his books is that the, the story's taking place, like, let's say in the present, and then there's just like thousands of years of history that he'll just yeah, 10, years, gleam so. over. And, but it's all through the character's perspective. So it's all through this, like, weird, yeah, first person perspective. Right? Yeah, first person. And it's, so, it's, so the show does a good job of following different characters that are, that are mainly in the book characters, <laughs> but it gives you this uh, uh, opportunity to, to see a lot more when in the books you just see, have this whole like uh, distorted view of what's going on and you find out stuff a lot later on like when when something happens in one character's perspective you'll find out they'll learn about it that character will learn about it you know 300 pages later or something like that well and i so- would be retarded if that was the only reason i like season 4 so <laughs> the real reason i like season 4 is because the of the one two three punch of the mountain and the viper followed up with the watchers of the wall followed up with the children i love the fight sequence at the end of the mountain and the viper where you actually see the viper beat the mountain but he gets cocky he gets a little too cocky and the mountain gets him and then pops his head like a fucking honeydew melon it was good that was I, good. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I consider I, that a, a high season. moment. Uh, I, 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 no, I, it's a, it's, it's like it's exactly like your season three's red wedding moment. It's the same worse. idea. The Reigns yeah. of Casimir is a fucked up episode. It's so good. That's way worse though, because we don't even really know the, the Oberyn Martell is the character's name, I believe, and we don't really we've only known him for like four episodes. No, and we've known him for like eight episodes. Well, and he's bisexual. He's, he's <laughs> fighting for those children that he, that the mountain murdered. And and they, yeah, and they establish very much that he is not only the champion for those children, but he's also very much for a Tyrion. champion for Tyrion. And we love Tyrion. We and all we're love liking Tyrion. this guy because he's yeah. so yeah. charismatic and handsome. It's okay. It was a good. It was definitely a good scene. Um, and then followed up with the Watchers on the Wall, the second Neil Marshall episode. The second time in Game of Thrones where we just sit in one area the whole time and we watch the battle on the wall by the wildlings with giants, with climbing the wall, with giant ice fucking blades just taking out all all the fucking ice on the wall to take out wildlings climbing the wall. With meanwhile, you had Tormund and uh, Sexy Hot Fire Crotch all like coming up the other side and just take... That's it. That's right. And um, that's a great episode. And I love. We Neil never Marshall. actually see her pussy, but I assume it's a fire crotch. You know it's filthy. Wish fire. we did. Wish they could have showed that. Rose that, Leslie. You know what? When her and John were fucking in that cave, that was a song of ice and fire. Yeah. And um, the final episode, the children. That was such a great episode. What I loved about the children was it was the first time that not only do we see the Night King, like 
like be like intimidating, but we actually saw them like we saw this army of the dead attack unarmed children. Like, cause the night King prior to that, all he did was like touch a baby and turned a baby into an ice baby. Yeah. But like, and what, what's up with that? You know, it, did that baby become like, instantly yeah. an, a white, like no, a, a I think grown he's adult? Growing. Or there's like, he's milked, he's being milked and yeah. shit so, properly. And so there's like this, cause there's this group of white walkers, you know, that are, that are leading with the King. It, I, I'm I'm really interested to know more about. You know what I'm interested in to fill up Nep- with that. Actually, Steve, I don't think we'll how many will. White Walkers are there? Hundreds. Like, white Walkers, like the general people versus. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Like the guys? white, not the whites, not the whites, the yeah. White Walkers. Yeah. How many do you think there are? Twenty. Uh, we've seen hundred. The most we've seen we is twelve at one point. Yeah. Caster or whatever his name is supposedly gave lots of children to him. Yeah. I I think there's a lot you know that are. But the show there. has only shown us uh, about 12 in that one probably, um, ritual probably scene like when they turn the baby, right? There's th- because there's 13 of them total, including right. the Night King. Right. Which is, is Night key. King or Night's King? That's a whole thing. I that was Night we, King. What? Night? Night? Okay. In King? the books, there's a separate thing about a character called the Night's King. And his whole story was 8,000 years ago, uh-huh. he was, after the wall was established, uh, he went off. Actually, maybe. No, no. This was 1,000 years ago. The wall went up eight thousand years ago. Thousand years ago, one one of the, uh, the how the watched, fuck they build this wall? Do they actually get into that at all in the books? Yeah, Bran the Builder was uh, the guy who built <laughs> Not it. Really. He was, he's uh, he was a Stark. Uh, Bran. Now is that Bran? Bran. Bran. They, so all the brands have been named. They're named the Stark after. Oh. have been named after him. And we're just real quick, just real quick, because this is real quick. That's the other thing I like. I like I like about the children is that it brings up the children of the forest and it's a brand episode. I like brand episodes because they push the main plot. So anyways, continue, though. Please. Yeah. So to answer your question, 8000 years ago, after the long winter where the White Walkers first came and fucked and, you know, went over all Westeros, the armies pushed them back. And uh, they built the wall, and that was by Bran the Builder, who is was a, uh, you know an ancient Stark, and, and all the brands uh, in the Stark clan, of which there have been many, uh, are named after. There's a theory that maybe Bran is Bran the Builder because he has the power of time travel, and he's going to go back and build the wall in some kind of closed loop where he rebuilds the wall in the present, or something like that's going to happen. I don't know. But he built the wall I, with I magic. think that people are, are overthinking. I think that's overthinking. I think the, it is too. And I think that they, they they just shut that down. We're saying like, yeah, that's not it. We're not doing that. Um, so don't worry about that. Uh, but I, 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 the, he built it with magic. It's it's made of ice. And he he created a mat. He was a warlock and he created a massive magic spell and that, that built it. Maybe the children of the forest helped. They, they don't fully explain it. Everybody just like, it's like lost in time. At yeah. least... You know, and they but they say that it was built with magic, and then that it stops the white armies from crossing it; that they can't go through it. All right, um, this is and then we're like know, three tangents in here. Uh, so the 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 thing was was the knight's king would have been a a night watchman uh, went beyond the wall and fell in love with a female white walker and fucked her and became their king. He became, he mm. became one. He was called the knight's king. Uh, that's in the books. Uh, in the TV show, I think they're implying that 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 one human that the children of the forest make into the first White Walker. I think they're implying that he's the Night King, and it's Night King oh. in the TV show. It's it. You never the Night King, the actual character, like seeing him, never has happened in the books. That guy's yeah, not. It, in the it's books a complete now. made up. That I knew for the show. Yeah. 
That I knew because that, that was a big deal when he but came they, for that, that episode where he turns the baby. I remember everybody like IGN and like Gizmo Auto and all those things. They were just like, oh, you know, IO9. I think it was actually not Gizmo Auto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck those sites. Um, um, but um, so maybe he's least, the, maybe he is actually the good guy. That's another theory I have is that uh, I heard that there's a theory that it's possibly Bran is the Night King. That's, or whatever, uh, that's King. something they shut the fuck down like real fast. Like, no, that's not that's dumb. <laughs> I, I think it seems to me, from a show perspective, I think it seems to me that it's very clear that Bran is the rave, the three-eyed raven that Mark no, Lando were, was playing. They've overtly, yeah, they, they, they've overtly said, no, that's uh, Max von Sydow. Oh, well, yeah, 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 Mar- yeah, that's it, Max uh, von Sydow. Yeah, Martin I Lando think, that's, dead, I think so they're that literally really the same person. He's replaced them. I don't think they're the same person. No, I, I think him. they're literally the same person. I think he's destined to, like, merge with the were tree and become like you know immobile like like him but i don't think he's the same person yeah he's well taking over that's a really good point that brings us to our next part favorite episode so do you guys have a favorite episode hard home is currently my favorite episode that's the first uh, that was that's what i was gonna say so yeah so for me season five episode eight hard home is my favorite episode because it tricks you yeah yeah because they they usually do the ninth episode is the big one yeah, and they also go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth so much. And then this is the first time they just went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Boop! Uh-oh, we ain't leaving this scene. We're yeah. staying for the next 25 minutes right here. That really really caught, caught you out of guard. You just did not it see did. that massive the, battle coming. And now they it do it grew. every episode. The scene grew. The sequence grew. The battle grew. I mean, when they yell 1-1... One, one, Go to the fucking ocean or whatever, and and they're sprinting, and one one's running behind them with a log that's on fire. Like that's so. That was the, like I literally came in my pants. I was sitting on the edge of my couch. <laughs> I was sitting on the edge of my couch like this, and I'm watching one one run behind him in that one shot. And I see that one shot where it's this compressed shot where it's like John and Tormund and some other fucking yeah, dude. Run, run. The giant. Is that his name? Like run, run? what? I one one. One one. I thought his name was one one. It's wound, I have no wound. idea. I thought it was one one. Anyways, they say one one in the show. Anyways, and then it's a giant. It's like a, a, a compressed shot of these three, like our heroes running, and then behind them, completely behind them, is one one running with a giant fucking log on fire. And it's just like I remember just being like, "That's the shot. That shot is so fucking hard right now." I was so fully engorged, erect, that blood was just shooting out of my dickhead. Like yeah. it just couldn't be contained. I was so goddamn erect. It was a big issue, and I had to clean up later. It was it was a big problem. <laughs> I, I would agree. I think that was a good one. Is that your favorite episode out of all episodes? I don't. I would have to sit and think about it. And I don't, well, for me, uh, it's either Hard Home, The Watchers on the Wall, or uh, um, uh, Battle of, or no Blackwater. I think it's called Blackwater is good, but now with the scope of the show, it's like oh, it's so surpassed that. And ultimately, oh, Battle of the Bastards was really good too. Yeah, but all both of those are like those are almost distraction battles where like you know, I mean, Battle of the Bastards less so, but Blackwater is Stannis yeah. versus Joffrey, who fucking right like, it, exactly. Human versus human, and the big storyline going on is not being met. While Hard Home is like the first time we had a big battle with the fucking yeah, army I mean, of the dead. With Battle of the Bastards, at least you care. You like you obviously are completely on Jon Snow's side. Want uh, Ramsay to to lose, but with uh, Blackwater, and you knew, and you knew that little Stark boy was dead. Like you knew it. He was dead. Yeah, Rickon. 
Rickon? Yeah, you knew he was not going to ever survive The character that, that everyone just forgot about and does it like, hey, remember him from nine or 13 episodes ago? He's alive and Ramsey has him. Um, yeah, that, that was dumb. But Blackwater, like, yeah, you, you know, Tyrion's on one side, but like, you don't really fucking care who wins between Stannis and King's Landing. And, and the same with... Uh, the uh, I can't, Watchers of the Wall. I don't know. Battle. Blackwater, I was really invested in the Cersei Sansa storyline. Watchers of the Wall is, is, is the Wildlings versus the. Uh, yes, yeah. exactly. Cersei and Sansa getting drunk and being, it's Cersei being a bitch. Who cares? And um, and the Hound almost like maybe raping Sansa. And oh, then, he was like, going to protect not her. Doing he was going to rape her. Hound's the, the Hound is the best character on the show. Um, and uh, so, but I guess I. I think the hound was going to do something bad and then kind of had a change of heart at that point. Or do you think he's always been good? Is is a good guy. Yeah. No, Watchers in the Wall is another big battle where you don't care who wins. Like the Wildlings and the the Night's Watch shouldn't be fighting in the first place. So it's like we're now getting to the point where the battles actually have sides where you're supposed to be against the the zombies, even though the zombies are really the hero of the, the, the well, movie because they don't fight, if, they don't stab, they don't fuck each other over. They are all on one team, one unit committed. And it's not really clear why the 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 White Walkers are really so bad. You know, you know what, though, I think is really great also about Hard Home is that um, you have that one chick and she's really like a small character. The one wildling woman that you kind of like you you meet in that scene during the meeting and you oh, kind yeah, of yeah. attach yourself as a char- as a as a viewer to this character and then they fucking just kill her like no, right no. away too they, i love it from their perspective if you think about it from the white walkers perspective they didn't kill her she came back she came back right well life. yeah exactly she's, she's actually been reborn they didn't kill Visoron, which is the the, the dragon they killed they, yeah, they just recruited him, you know? Like, maybe the White Walkers, because Wait, they're Wait, Vi- Viseron? I, I thought it was Viserion. I thought it was Viserion. Yeah, Viserion. Viseron is how I thought it was pronounced. Because the Viserys was the brother, so I thought it was Viserion. Vis- yeah, no, that's that's the same dragon. Yeah, Rhaegar okay. is the other dragon, and then Drogon's the big one. Um, I'm just Rhaegal, wrong, maybe. What? right? Rhaegal? And Rhaegal's the brother? Rhaegar is the name of the dragon and the brother. Oh, they're both the same, exact same name. Okay. Yeah, they're named after. He's named after. She named she named the, the two smaller dragons after her brothers, even though one of them was a dick who probably raped her a lot. Yeah, but Viserion is different than Viserys. Yeah, but it's named after him. No, I get it. I get it. And Drogon and Khal Drogo, right? Okay. Yeah. But Rhaegal is exactly the same name for both the person and the dragon. Maybe the last two letters are different. I'm not sure. Okay. I don't. I don't know. I, mean, I can only so I, much about about a fucking fictional world. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, no, I. I my point is that the Knights King might not really be that evil, you know, considering that with the, how the humans I keep think, fucking uh, each other and caring about the crown. What, true. what is so bad I, I about being his, a white walker? Uh, you live forever. He is evil. Yeah. They don't uh, I think they made it pretty clear. There's no ass play. You're they made it pretty clear that, that he's killing people and turning them to zombies that are, uh, and giving no them from, any control. Uh, everlasting life. And, and freedom. And what's so what's so bad? What's so bad about being zombie? Human beings are cutting each other's dicks off. It's true. But hey, so have, I heard a conspiracy about speaking of dicks being cut off. I heard a, a conspiracy about varies that um varies is actually um like some kind of like merman thing. Oh, shut up. <laughs> we no, will seriously. That. Uh, oh, is that real? Is that real? Is that a real thing? I've never, you just made that I, up. I've never heard that. No, it's like some real thing. Like there's like some mer people uh, world, and that and that's the whole reason why he never sees his dick. 
They established that he had a, that he had a dick, had it cut off by a warlock, and he paid to have the warlock tracked down. Shipped Dude, to that scares me. When he told that story, uh, when Viserys tells the story about his dick being cut off and thrown in the fire, varies. but then the voice he heard, or varies, sorry, it varies. When he and that voice he heard, yeah. that actually freaked me out. Like I actually freaked me out. Like I'm, and I'm like, I'm not even seeing this scene. This actor's just telling me this scene, and I'm like, oh fuck. Yeah, they never show that warlock again, so you know he just tortured him to death. All right, well that's great. Um, so let's move into like favorite, like maybe like characters. Uh, you guys have any favorite characters? Felt, do you have a favorite character? Uh, Tormund and the Hound are probably my favorites. Tor- Tormund, uh, God, something Bane. I can't remember his last name now. The 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 the, the you know yeah yeah Hound's, Hound's Bane or something yeah. like that. what Hound's Bane? Is it Hound's Bane? I think something like that. It's, I could be wrong. Everyone just calls him Tormund. So Tormund yeah. and and the Hound, uh, Sandor Clegane. I like Sandor and uh, I like Tormund. Those are good characters. Steve, do you have any favorite characters? Um, I like Davos and oh yeah, Davos the Hound. And uh, yeah, I probably I would, I would stick with the da- Davos and the Hound. The Hound is it has been a really good TV character. I really like Davos as a book character. Um, I I I like um. I really like all the characters. I, I I don't really hate anybody in particular. I don't really loathe any particular storyline or anything like that or any aspect of the show in that way. But um, characters I do, uh, I, I enjoy when they're on screen, mainly because I know I'm going to get shit out mm-hmm. of it, is um, I love Tolly, a Sam, a Samwell. I feel like his... He he, he he kind of has good exposition that comes from his character, especially Samuel in these Tarly later is seasons. your favorite character on the show? Maybe one of them, yeah. pushes the story... Yeah, because he pushes the story, I, and then that Brand. was one of the s- silliest ones that were most recent. Oh yeah, with the shitting in the eating episode, but uh, and then Brian, I, I think Brian, especially as of late, has also really pushed the the plot. And and, and I guess for me, if you're pushing the storyline, the plot of the show, I like you. John also has been doing that for the last like two or three seasons, so I really uh, like John, that. John as well. was kind of a tangent for the show for like those first three seasons. He had nothing to do with anything else happening in the show. Right, and but these last few seasons, he's been very important character. Yeah, he's yeah, been a course. good character for the plot line. So once, I guess once, I, yeah, once they killed Rob, then he mattered. Tyrion. Felt, do you like any particular houses over any other house? Like, is there like a house you like? I mean, not really. You're, you're, you have to like the, the Starks. Although I've, I, I'm one of those people who thinks that Sansa is kind of just not a great a character. Bit. She's kind of, yeah, she's kind of a bad character. They fuck her up. They, they fuck up with her in the first uh, season so bad when she's, you know, like, oh, but Joffrey, I love Joffrey, which she legitimately is so stupid. And uh, yeah, she's she's a little g- girl. People say like, "Oh, you're misogynist." That's why you hate Santa. I'm like, well, everybody loves a- a- like Arya because of she's the exact opposite of Santa. So how is that misogyny? If we all like, I like her Arya, story. yeah, everybody likes Arya. Yeah, I don't like uh, Sansa. Is, is pretty stupid. They're trying to make her a little bit better, but she's still like that whole storyline in this last season was pretty pretty lame. They tried to slow it down and do some do- character development on like the <laughs> worst character, you know. That was the only plot line that that was just felt like a time waster was the little finger. That was seven episodes yeah. worth of because it could so it could so been easily done in one episode, one scene. Just like, hey Sansa, we cool, we cool, right? Like that could have been just one scene in the and, episode. Well, also in the whole like Brand's whole like, yeah, I can see everything now. This is all the shit little fingers done. That should have been like one five minute conversation. Yeah, it it seems like they're making Brand not care about. Uh, being a Stark or something like that. Yeah, but he still the clearly finale. like was there in, in the final. He's loyal. Scene and, 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 like he told them what he did. So, 
Uh, I like the Starks. I, I I just like the Starks just because it's um it's just they're clearly the. the I, I like the Lannisters too. Honestly, when Tywin was running the Lannisters, I understood them. I follow the, I follow their their line of thought. I get it. Yeah, Charles um, Dance was awesome. He's the best like of the villains. He's been the coolest thing. Totally. And then and then uh, I think I think Cersei's uh, like or Cersei. Uh, I think she's Cersei. crazy. I um, keep saying Cersei. <laughs> I've heard it goes. Uh, the the showrunners call it Cersei. I heard. I think it's Cersei throughout the shower. The show in oh, the show Cersei they call her Cersei. Me. The yeah. showrunners call her Cersei. That's weird. It is weird. Um. Anyways, um, I I I she's the only uh, Lannister. I I just don't I don't get her. She's like she's just pure evil. Uh, she's like the villain of the whole series clearly. But other than the Night's King, who may actually like, not a character, out, may or may or may not actually be the villain. Um, he never but, fucks uh, over anybody. Exactly. Not yet. Um, what's he gonna? What's he gonna? When every when they but Tywin made, made sense. Tywin's yeah. whole reason of, of of being and the way he ran his house and the way he ran the 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 Westeros. Tywin was a great leader. I felt like. I well, he was Tywin. just concerned with the family name. He was keeping Lannisters going. Basically, was uh, his only concern. Yeah, I, I guess from my perspective, I I like the Starks or the Martells. They were they were fun. Oh yeah, yeah Martells. Oh, I like the Tyrells too. They weren't bad. Yeah, I liked I, Lady Olena. She was cool. That's what I meant. They're yeah, okay. yeah, the Tyrells. Yeah. No. Oh, you don't not the not the Dornish or whatever. Yeah, the, the Martells yeah, yeah, just yeah, the, the, the bisexual guy and then the guy in the wheelchair. They didn't do too much. What do you like? Do you like Elena or did you like um, Natalie Dormer? Uh, you I know, I like them both. Marjorie. The Marjorie. I yeah, thought they I, were both, you know, I thought uh, they, they brought a lot to the show and it was kind of sad the way that uh, they just, they died. Yeah. They, how they killed them both off. Uh, yeah. Well, Marjorie was such a wonderful so character. I, I thought it was interesting to see how she was going to manipulate Tom and, and, and take over from, cause she was like Cersei's biggest threat was that she was more attractive and was the new queen basically. And all right, quick, see that. Quick question based on what you just said, Steve. I want to ask you, okay? Um, you you have essentially, you know, the Tyrells, okay, run by uh, Lady Olena and then Marjorie, right? You got the Lannisters run by Tywin and then, you know, Tommen, let's say, right? Okay. Um, even the, uh, who do you think's like a better, runs the, runs the kingdom? Probably... Um, Lady Olena or whatever her name was. The, I, I wondered... Think she- yeah, you know, I think that she was more pragmatic. That's why she tried to kill Joffrey because she knew he was like a maniac and uh, wanted to get that control away from the Lannisters. Tywin was pretty ruthless. He was. That's why he was known. You know, he was known that the the Lannisters were basically a house of ruin, and he came and and like took it took it back and and was really ruthless in getting uh, power again. And you know, maybe that's a good thing. Uh, Felk, so same question to you. Um, Tyrells or Lannisters, who do you think would run, b- best run uh, Westeros? <laughs> I guess the Tyrells. I, yeah, that's what Steve said, but I still think Lannisters would have done it as long as Cersei wasn't involved. Okay. All right, well, then deaths. Let's get into deaths. You guys have any favorite deaths you liked? All the deaths are pretty traumatic, or they're like. Yeah, but was there anything that stood out know, the, that like, the was the a first real shocking one... moment? Was Ned. You, you Ned? know, Ned, Ned's death was probably the, the big one for me. From there, I read all the books, so uh, it was oh, yeah. less less shocking. Red Wedding Besides, was pretty uh, uh, fucking intense for me. Yeah, the, you know, the, that it was really good. I think most of the way that the 
they've done it is they've the the deaths of the main characters have all been well done, I guess. Felk, how about you? I mean, was it like Ned? Was it the, like Red Wedding? Was it John? Was I, it? Uh... I still think it's pronounced Viserion, the dragon. Uh, that was the only one that really was like, oh, because they do telegraph it a little bit. Uh, the idea that 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 that's the game changer because the entire time, even from like the second season, as soon as we knew there was dragons and the, there were zombies, I, I always thought you know it's pretty obvious. Writings in the wall, final battle fire dragons versus ice well, zombies right well yeah for me yeah for me the wall was always coming down i don't know anything about the books and just you set the wall up as a plot line it's coming down later on right even That's if the wall just, didn't come down let's assume that the night king's plan after amassing his army was just to get through the wall because that's what the wildlings did they smashed the gates and got through it anyways so let's just assume he could get through it even though maybe it's magic uh the for me like the dragon wasn't like the game changer for like, oh now if they can get through the wall it was it evened out the battle because it's like i always pictured like big ass dragons flying down burning this army of fucking ice zombies that's yeah, not, not super it, exciting it, it, it not being a big deal you know like Daenerys was just going to come in and wipe them out and then it and was, that, now, that, that's how i kind of thought yeah and now it's that that can't happen because if the dragons fly too close to wherever one of the white walkers are they can spear them and they've got air they've got their own aerial combat so now it feels like a real battle so that that yeah. was, that was the huge one to me that, that stakes actually My guess, changed the stakes for the show as a whole it's yeah. going to be one episode it's going to address the night king in that war and then the rest of it's going to be back at uh, them figuring out what's going to happen with uh, no way the game Thrones. i actually yeah. would not be that surprised if the if i they, think if they did like what true blood used to fucking do where like you the yeah like the it all wraps up way faster and there's all this downtime or like maybe in the first episode of season eight They'll fight the Night King. That war will be won and over, and then the rest of the season is just Cersei fight, fighting, figuring them. out the uh, you know the shambles of whatever happened to that yeah. with that fight. You know, mm. my guess is it's, it's going to not be the main focus. It's, it, I mean, it will be a focus of one episode or a, an episode and a half, but who knows? There's so yeah, many they might episodes. they might structure it the way Breaking Bad did, where like the third to last episode is the episode where all the shit that you thought would be the final episode goes down in, and and they just kind of have like an epilogue. Yeah, because Breaking Bad had like almost two epilogues. Really. Yeah, it did. Yeah. So th they might do something like that where like Cersei is the final thing, the final boss, not not the Night King. Wow. Wouldn't that be crazy? Like that would be so weird. It, it makes more what, sense what, because Cersei's Yeah, but so anticlimactic. But Cersei's well, a character. So, the Night King's not so a character. Of herself. I think it, so, yeah, it's going to be much more Daenerys is going to lose her dragons or, or most of her dragons through this fight and but, yeah, uh, at least one more going down. Through, yeah. Uh, yeah, John. And, oh, obviously, know. John's writing Rhaegal at some point. Uh, the way I see it is that uh, uh, we get three episodes of, of war. Um, I, I feel like it's going to be one episode set up. Now be episode one of season eight, and then we get three episodes of war, and then two episodes of wrapping the series up. And um, so I guess that's kind of what you said, Felk. Um, and I, I look at it as three episodes of war because I see it as a three act storyline that they're going to try to play around with. Like this idea that like the first act is going to be like establishing the battles, the stakes and where and, and, and the, it, during the north. And then the second act might be like, you know, essentially everything coming down actually to like a, a King's Landing and um, taking out King's Landing and all, of this, uh, all like all of Westeros really being at risk. And then I feel like the third episode would be kind of like everything's that fucked up. Everything's just shit. Um, we've like you guys have said, lost dragons, probably lost Rhaegal, probably lost Daenerys or Jon at that point. And you know, some major characters are dead. 
and we have the threat of maybe going to Essos and they explain that threat. Cause I can't imagine there not being, this is the question I wanted to ask you Felk earlier and I will get there. Um, that they can't get to that threat of like, how's Essos safe from all of this and then have all of a sudden everything come turn around, twisted a dime and then Cersei back, uh, backstabs everybody and then just takes out, um, uh, a good chunk of, uh, Stark and, and, uh, uh, whatever it is, uh, other armies and shit like that. Right. So, um, I feel like that's how it's going to kind of come down to it in the end. It's really going to be like this three X storyline. That's going to leave with the idea of how it's going to winter's going to go to Essos, but then shit turns around cause of Cersei, but then Cersei fucks everybody over. But my question to you felt then from earlier is, is, um, how is Essos so free from this? And Steve, if you have any insight on that, like why is, is Essos really truly in the books? Is it established that Essos is free of this winter? Or is there a way that the winter can come over the sea? It's to not them? in the books, but there's a th theories to it. I think oh, there are theories. They've uh, mentioned like that they because they talk about that, um, you know, Azura Sai or whatever the fight, you know, the person who um, three headed dragon, the red woman, the red priestess, thought they all think is going to be the pro you know the, re the return prophet. They they talk about the long night and that's all not that in the stuff. show like at all. By the way, right? It is. I mean, like and, it's uh, yeah, they barely in the show. It. Barely. So that's what they thought Stannis was. She, she, she believes Stannis, Stannis is, and then this season she kind of mentions that basically Daenerys could be it because she's like, oh, it doesn't have to be a man; it could be a, it's a genderless uh, person or something like that. So, it's oh, like okay. Whoever. But um, it's basically the person who stops the White Walkers or whatever, because they so they have this uh, same sort of myth that there was a long night where there was never daytime and. Uh, creatures from the, the dark basically came out and attacked them and it was like a person who created this special sword who basically uh had to like kill his wife that uh you know to create the special sword that was magical hmm. and uh and then basically stopped the white walkers and he was the chosen one and blah 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 and and the red priestess believes that uh or believe that stannis was that person reborn and that he now was she thinks destined. it's john right well, she thought I thought she was pointing to Daenerys or John, I guess, and I think it probably is uh, John. It would be the would be the most logical. Guess. So he's supposed or to have Daenerys. like a fire sword. What? It'd probably be Daenerys actually, because she's the one that has the dragons. And no, basically, it's not the sword. sword. It's John. I think it's gonna be, end up being John. But uh, it's just huh. basically the person that uh, I I don't know if it has a, a lot to do with it, the the sword itself, the Lightbringer, or it's just the person that it like stops the 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 armies you know and john seems to kind of like the way that he was like looking at the night king and was like i'm gonna go fight him and you know so it seems like he feels like that he's was destined dumb. to fight him yeah but uh so my guess would be yeah he might be the person that fights him but you know i don't I'm not sure what this this myth has to do overall with everything else you know just beside like i i think that somehow daenerys is is linked to it that would be my guess well, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess the, the, the all that stuff's kind of, I think, very loosely touched upon the show and it must be touched upon much more so in the books because so, I feel like book readers have much more insight into that than uh, show viewers do, at least. At, at this point, it's its own. The show's its own mythology. I can answer That's, your question real fast, though. Um, yeah. So the, the whole reason why the White Walkers are an issue for uh, Westeros and not Essos is because uh, basically the the North Frozen Lands is almost like the polar cap of of the planet, and 
uh, Westeros has like it necks up at the very top of its. It's continent. a north-south continent. Yeah, while it's, it's, it's got kind of like a con- like a like a, like a Bering Strait when it was frozen, you know, kind of thing where where right. you, you a very small area connects like a polar cap to the continent, whereas Essos is like Australia. It's like a big ass un- unconnected island continent, uh, so they can just walk down there, and that's why what they established in the most recent one, the, the Iron Islands, like the islands are kind of safe because they can't walk there. Little do they know. That there's a dragon, and while the dragon flying over to Essos might not do that much, if he can fucking kill enough people to create a, a quick army there, Essos is now in play too. So Essos could be fucked over too. And oh the reason shit! Why, you, you understand like the whole concept that like on Game of Thrones that each that seasons are indeterminate. You know, the, the, this this winter might last a year, and then this the summer will last a year, or the summer and then the winter. That they're coming off, you know, uh, a ten year summer that started ended right uh, started right when Bran was born so he was like 10 so like 10 years of summer so they're expecting 10 years of winter and that that you know all those years back a thousand years ago when the white walkers came to to attack in the first place there was a winter that lasted like a whole generation like 80 years or something so uh, the idea that, that that I think that's just for Westeros and I think Essos is always more or less in a temperate climate because it's on the other side of the planet. And the idea is that the planet's in an irregular orbit, uh, you know, kind of like a figure eight around around the sun, maybe put into that because it had two moons and one was destroyed because hmm. people keep talking about how there's two moons and now there's only one. So like, but there's maybe, no moon mentioned in the show at all. Do you yeah, think no, that's it's, like it's mentioned twice? Is it really? Mm-hmm. I missed it, I guess, again. Yeah. First season and uh, the Wildlings talk about it, I think. Well, I'll, I will be very, like, you know, on the lookout for the, some of these things uh, when I review uh, the series before the, uh, the next season when, comes uh, out. First season when Danny's getting uh, groomed by her handmaidens. That's the first time to look for it. Um, okay, really? Yeah. Oh, that's what it is? Mm-hmm. They talk when about she's where in the bathtub? No, where she's after she's been married to Caldrogo. Oh, Okay. Uh, oh, and she's staring at the eggs or whatever? Some time around there, yeah. It's definitely in the first season with Danny. Well, cool boys, what a hot topic. Now let's talk about some hot bodies and icy dongs. All systems ready. Three, two, one. I found out walking with this girl. Talking bodies. Talking bodies. Oh, yeah. As always, Talking Bodies has us discussing the wonderful world of mega hotties and super babes. And Cool Boy Nation, to enhance your body experience, strap on that hard drive and whip out that keyboard. And let's go Googling for some sweet bodies and dongs. And tonight we're going to forgo the mega hotties and super babes section of this. I'm going to go straight into. Oh, you do? Yeah. Well, we're going to have for go up tonight. I'm sorry, folks. All right, guys, we're going to get into top three from a specific show, movie, and franchise era for our episode of Talking Bodies for our BOD segment. And this is going to be called, Felk? Oh, A Song of Hotties and Babes. So that's going to be pretty much just anybody in Game of Thrones you can think of that is just hot and fucking sexy. Oh, so I think, there's, I think there's really only three off the top that I can think of. I think Egret, Rosie, Rose Leslie. Yeah, she's definitely I top think, three. Right? She's definitely top. Come on, right? Um, I, and then I got to think um, that, honestly, uh, Mazande and Natalie Emmanuel, she's really hot as well. Who's Natalie Emmanuel? She's Mazande. 
Who's Masonic? The Danny slave? translator. Yeah, the translator. Uh, she's fucking a dickless guy. I don't know. Um, she's she's okay. pretty she's pretty good looking. I don't know if I put her in the top. Well, three, what about Marjorie Tyrell, Natalie Tormer? Yeah, Tormer. Natalie Dorman, Dormer is definitely a top three. Although she's way hotter in uh, Tudors uh, and more naked too. Steve, how about you? What do you think? Uh, Daenerys, Natalie Dormer, and uh, let's talk about three then. Egret, probably Egret. Or I don't. I don't know if Daenerys would be in my top three. Honestly, I don't know if Daenerys is in my top three. I think Missandei is over her for me. I wouldn't put this. I put da- Daenerys over Missandei. Uh, but uh, the, one of the one of the sands I really like the one who shows her tits the Braun. The Ooh, the yeah, one the the nice sand vipers. Yeah, I don't know her name. She really doesn't count then. I guess right. Unless we can figure I, out. Yeah, I mean Illyria Sands or a character's name, I believe. Um, hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I like her quite a bit. Uh, Roz from the first like two seasons. The one that's oh, in Roz. prison. Yeah. Well, I think we might have to tie then. I think we're gonna have our first time ever in Cool Boy Nation. We're gonna have a tie between Marjorie Tyrell, Egret, uh, Cersei Lannister, Daenerys Targaryen. No, Cersei's uh, not uh, Roz and Mizande. Did I miss somebody? What's Cersei's Sarah Connor's name again? Oh, are you thinking of Teen Sand? Teen Sand? Are you guys into Gilly? No, Gilly's. Ugh. Yeah, not not Gilly. Teen Teen Sand is the one who shows her tits to Braun. Her name is Teen. Yep. Sure. She's, yeah. T Y E N E. Oh, okay. Tyene. I think it's like Tyene. I think or it's something. Tyene. Oh, Tyene. Oh, there you I go. Tyene. So yeah. So I, I I say that I say we go Marjorie Tyrell, Egret. Uh, Daenerys Targaryen. Well, um, can I say, I say Roz, I mean, Mizande, and wait. Tyene all tie for number one. <laughs> uh, Sophie Turner is what, like twenty four now? She, I could probably put Sands on the list too. I don't know if that's safe or not. Throw her in there. Yeah. Throw her in there. Why Jean not? Gray. All right. Well, now it's time for love that dong. Love that dong. Love that dong. Perfect. All right. You heard it, folks. It's love that dong. That means it's time to name three celebs and guess who has the biggest dick and why. And this episode's love that dong is Little Fingers. And that's going to be people like Varys, Grey Worm, and Theon. Now, this time it's going to be a little different, fellas. We're not guessing who has the biggest dick and why. We're going to guess who has the littlest dick and why it's now out of these three unis who has the littlest dick uh i'm going go with gray worm yeah see i feel like they left a little something that's why it's called gray worm oh. i don't so they were all like these aren't like proper you know caitlin jenner's these are people who were torturing them with Theon and Grey Worm, Varys, it was a, a warlock who was using his dick and balls for uh, a magic experiment of some kind. So there was not concern for the patient. Uh, these were hack jobs. I'm guessing it's a three-way tie. Theon obviously probably had the biggest dick because we actually see his dick. We see Alfie Allen's dick. Although Grey Worm is black. Maybe he had the biggest dick. I don't know. Very See, I'm thinking Grey Worm had such a huge dick that when they try to get rid of it, it just got into this like shriveled up little gross <laughs> little gray worm. Gray worm. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a, uh, a sexy. I never, I, I didn't season. know. 
Would you, did you think that HBO actually might show his severed dick? <laughs> I thought I it was going to so. be just I like was waiting for it the whole time. I, was I asked my wife, I was like, I was like, are we going to see his no dick? Are we going to see his no dick? Yeah, I thought. I seriously thought there was a chance they might do it. And then you kind of get a glimpse when he lays down on top for there's just like nothing there. I see. I was waiting for a CGI moment of no dick. Yeah. Like I was like, are they going to CGI no dick or is he going to do a tuck? I don't remember, know. What remember uh, do. Tom Cruise's uh, severed uh, CGI hand in Valkyrie, where he's like Heil Hitler, and he's like, oh it's yeah, so, it's it's so like clearly rotoscope, just off. It's just like we know. Tom oh, Cruise I have to rewatch Valkyrie. It's been forever since I've seen Valkyrie. I saw it once. I don't know how they a lot in Germany almost. I don't know they did the actor Grey Worms dickless uh, brief side shot. Uh, maybe they just made him tuck it. All right, well, so I guess, guys, so for Littlefingers, uh, this is the first time in Cool Boy Nation we are going to have a tie between Varys, Grey Worm, and Theon. Yeah. All zeros are equal. Cool Boy Nation, tell us about any of your favorite things or moments from Game of Thrones. Also, if any, you have any questions or any more insight on our things and moments of Game of Thrones uh, or thoughts on Game of Thrones, have any of our, our thoughts general on discussion. Game of Thrones. Our general discussion on Game of Thrones, our gangbang about Game of Thrones, then let us know. <laughs> and obviously, oh, that's you. Oh, and obviously, Cool Boy Nation, if you have any bodies or dongs you'd like to mention and throw in the mix for us to review and alert Cool Boy Nation to, please let us know, as we always love seeing those bodies and dongs. Andy! Andy, you can end this. Send us a dong. That's all you need. New episodes of the Cool Boys Podcast come out every Tuesday. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Cool Boys Podcast and Facebook as the Cool Boys Podcast. Email us at thecoolboyspodcast at gmail.com. Like and subscribe to us on YouTube. And you can find us on YouTube for searching for The Cool Boys Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on iTunes as The Cool Boys Podcast. Also, you can donate to us on Patreon and receive additional episodes of Cool Boys After Dark and a Cool Boy shout-out on our normal episodes that air every Tuesday. You can find the Cool Boys on Patreon at patreon.com slash coolboyspodcast. And we are getting so close to our uh, SoundCloud goal, so please, please, please keep, get, keep those donations coming! Money, 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 money! We might want to discuss sometime if that makes us sound desperate. Uh, <laughs> Starting to think where it does. Offer Steve a chance to plug their super cool and social, so cool social media. Steve, do you have any so cool, super cool stuff or social, so cool media? So cool social no. media? <laughs> I don't. Steve, nope. you have nothing to plug. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Pretty lame. Yeah. So just if you if you're interested in finding out more about Steve, just Google Steve. <laughs> And you'll learn all kinds Please of things. Please don't. <laughs> yes. You can find me uh, on a credit to a THQ video game. <laughs> That's my what claim to game. Fame. I don't want you to know. I know. Well, that'll make it really hard for the audience to figure out who Steve is. I played yep. the game, Steve. All the THQ <laughs> games probably have quite a few Steves present. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. Thank you for listening. Stay cool, cool boy nation. Until next time, it's Bizees from Falcon. And that's Bizees from Ballard. Bye bye from Steven. But <laughs> Steve, thank you so much for coming. It has been a pleasure. It's been Steve. really fun. Thank you. I hope Steve, will you come soon. back and uh, join us again the next time we do a, a Game of Thrones episode, especially when it, after the next season happens? 
In a year and, and a half from now, Steve, will you be able to? Will you be available? <laughs> will you be available? I'll, I'll try and keep it on my calendar. Yeah, Spencer please. Do you guys anything? Anything? All right. Well, hopefully we'll have you on sooner than that, <laughs> than, than a year and a half from now. The public will demand it. I, I know. I know they will. Oh yeah, no. Why don't you go listen to um uh, the episode of Cars and you can hear Felk's real opinion on you. Uh uh. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> well, right. go listen to Cars. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure anything negative I said was a jest as a jest. It joke. was. It was a joke. I'm sure. To we'll we'll up find out to pump as, up after I cry ego. myself. It's fragile because right. he still hasn't said it all. All right, guys. All right, guys. All right. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, Cool Boy Nation. Bye. You are standing American boy. You have excelled in all things. I pump while I dump. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh yeah! <laughs> this episode of the Cool Boys Podcast was brought to you by Andy. Hey, hey, Andy! Welcome back, Andy. Thanks. Good to be back. For uh, Cool Boys Historians, Andy could last be heard on episode 14, Hard R Remix. Oh, yeah. And I was amazing. You were. Absolutely Thank amazing. you. Go go and listen to that podcast because I'm sure I was the best. You and Steve were both amazing. No, no, no I was better. Steve was, yeah, Steve was not as good. Yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Woo. Shots God, fired. <laughs> Steve, it. I welcome you back. Why don't you come on to the next episode, whatever that is? Yeah, prove me wrong, Steve. Prove <laughs> <Proof laughs> wrong. All right. Get some cool boys. <laughs> <laughs> so serious. <laughs>